The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to our Lord. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected, Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of untrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away, the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins are ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, Jesus, in, in his response here um, to perhaps, uh, you know, expectations that he's not meeting, gives three images in, uh, in rapid succession, uh, giving us some sense of, of what's going on with, with him and his movement. Um, and there's a lot, can I say there's a lot, there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot, there is a lot going on uh, in this gospel passage. And, and there's a lot going on in the gospel passage in, in relation to, uh, to the first reading to that letter from the, from the Hebrews, which I think is, uh, sorry, from the letter to the Hebrews, which I think is, is uh, well worth our studying as well, taking time on as well. Um, yeah, so the, the, the easy stuff is, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the disciples of, of John, the disciples of the Pharisees, of course, these, these are two big agendas in Jesus' day. These are two big, I shouldn't say agendas, these are two big movements in Jesus's day, and uh, you would expect to, to find yourself in, in probably one camp or the other if you cared anything about the renewal of Israel, and, and, that, and that itself could mean, I don't say almost anything, but it, it could cover a massive spectrum, right? It's like it could, it could encompass um, kind of nationalistic ambition. Uh, it, it could be uh, a, a real and, and good sign of, of the people's hope that as God's chosen people, he would liberate them from their enemies. Of course, that could be political or it could be uh, something much more theological. I mean, this, this is the kind of thing that could, could sweep almost everybody up. There were, of course, other movements in, uh, of, of the time uh, and movements that pointed towards uh, the, the renewal of Israel, to, to just use that term very, very generally. Um, but the, but these are significant movements, John and the Pharisees, and they and they fast, and Jesus' disciples do not fast. So what so what is all going on there? And Jesus' response basically is that you know the wedding guests don't fast when the bridegroom is with them. So he he as God um, is taking Israel as his bride. I and mean, this is very provocative, especially because. You know, we consider this an image that Jesus is not um, himself making out of whole cloth. He's looking back to uh, the the great pattern of of Israel uh, being God's bride. Of course, uh, rebellious and uh, and um, promiscuous and and all the rest. Uh, but but he is using that image for himself. So this is a, this is a this is a very powerful image. But of course, when uh, the 
the image then of, uh, of bride and bridegroom and the celebration of, of, of the wedding, Jesus is also saying that uh, the, the wedding feast of heaven and earth is taking place in his ministry, in his, in his activity. In fact, in his person, if we were to consider that, he, Jesus is the, the um, he is truly God and truly man. We say he's the, he is the truly human being, he's, but he's truly God. He, he, in fact, is the coming together of heaven and earth, the coming together of, of God and man in a new and definitive way. And so, of course, in the midst of this great celebration of, of heaven and earth, his uh, disciples cannot fast. It's, I, can I say, it's something similar to, this is not, this is not my example, but, but I, do, I would use it as well. It, you know, in, in Lent, we're not supposed to fast on Sunday. And, and that, I don't know if that gives you any problems. We'll talk about it after Mass. Um, but uh, you're not supposed to fast on Sunday. Why? Because it's the day of the Lord. It's the day, it's the day of the resurrection, right? But Jesus is the resurrection, right? So wherever, wherever he is, there is no fasting. Wherever he is, there is only celebration. Now, now again, as I say this, I say this to, to people who I realize have a hard time celebrating, if you're anything like me anyway, right? We can't kind of keep up the party. It's easier for us to do the, the Lent thing than it is the Sunday thing, which is why the discipline of no fasting on Sunday is very important for us because we have, to, we have to get accustomed to proper celebration, celebration that is somewhat, um, somewhat disciplined because of penance. Uh, we have to then learn what it is to celebrate with God in his space, in his time. Yeah, and this is, again, of course, part of what's going on around Jesus. It's not just that they're throwing parties and everyone's, you know, getting, you know, what, like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. <laughs> it's, it's not like the party. The parties are on track as well. It's not like the parties are off track, right? Everyone's going around getting trashed or whatever, right? It's and and all these other kind of um, demeaning words that we use for people who part who who indulge a little too heavily in the spirits, not the spirit, the spirits, right? And but here, it's it, Jesus is actually ordering the entire world around him, and that is actually celebration, right? That actually is rejoicing. That's full heartedness. Right? That's my participating fully in what Jesus is doing, the great, the great celebration, wedding feast, heaven and earth that God is calling me to participate in fully. Right? I, I, okay, anyway, he's invited me. I'm getting stuck on the first one, right? This is, this is what's going on, this, and this is what uh, pushes Jesus into, into using these, these other images. You don't sew a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. You don't pour new wine into old wineskins. And what, I, what I'd offer here is just that. We have to focus on Jesus and allow him to rewrite everything for us. And let me, let me offer this. I've, you know, I've, I think I've had a holy hour every day for about, I don't, know, I don't even know, 12, 15 years. So pray a holy an hour, meditative silence every day, 15 years, right? And I think um, that some, some time ago I would have been inclined to say, I've allowed God to, to rewrite everything in me. Yeah, it takes a long time, you know? It takes, it takes longer, you know, when, you, uh, when the update comes for your operating system, for your computer, and you have, to, you have to restart, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, how long is this going to take? Well, I think, that it, I think our restarting takes many, many years, right? It's, it's much longer than, than any kind of operating system, but we need the operating system to be rewritten as well. Um, so th this, work of, this work of renewal and giving ourselves over to it, allowing Jesus to rewrite everything, uh, our expectations, our imagination, 
uh, uh, you know, the, the way we think about the world, right? Where, where, do we, where do we get the way that we think about the world? Where have our imaginations been formed? Has it, has it been in relationship with the true and living God that we've encountered in Christ Jesus? Or has it been somewhere else? Yeah, it's probably been somewhere else. So, but can, so then instead of trying to receive Jesus on our terms, we want to make the journey ourselves to have hearts that are fit to receive Jesus on his terms. This is incredibly tough. Like I said, if, I, if you'd asked me, I don't even know, maybe a few months, definitely a couple of years ago, whether or not I've allowed that to happen, I would have said yes. And yet this morning in prayer, I find myself in a position where I'm like, we've got to do it again, huh? <laughs> you know, like we're going to start the next, the next 12 or 15 years of, of holy hours are going to be dedicated to, uh, to the very same task, right? So it's, it's a big challenge for us. It's a big challenge for us. I was talking, I was talking to a guy the other day, and we were talking about, um, you know, activities for his family, things that they're things that they're committed to and things that perhaps are up in the air for discernment. Should we pull back? Should we push in? And whatever. And he said to me, the, the pull of this God is strong. Right? The pull of this God is strong. That's not the true and living God. He's, he's saying the activity that he was discerning whether or not to push into or pull back from, he said the pull is, of this God is strong. Yeah? And this is someone, of course, very intentional, takes this stuff very, very seriously. And yet recognizing that it is, it's, it's not even as soon as we let our guard down. It's as, it's as soon as we open our eyes in the morning, we've got these kind of competing allegiances, competing priorities, right? And, and every, every step of the way, are we going to say, yes, Jesus, you're first, right? Are we, get, are, are we going to, and even, even there, right? As I say, yes, Jesus, I'm recognizing that, uh, you know, parts of me are more eager to say, yes, Jesus, than other parts of me? Am I going to allow God to kind of pull me together to some extent such that I can say I in any meaningful way? Like, I love you, right? This kind of exchange, this, this interpersonal exchange that we're, that we're called into, this exchange of, of love, right? I mean, this is, this is what's on offer to us, and, and yet it's very hard to take uh, full advantage of because we're just kind of all over the place. And whether, whether that means we're kind of scattered intellectually or even, um, you know, we, like our hearts are fragmented in, in such a way that, you know, we, we can't, we, have a, we just have a hard time being present. But God is, God is calling you into the, the everlasting exchange of glorifying love that is the Trinity. Can we, how, how do we take advantage of it? Again, God is doing the work. Yeah, so let me, let me just give the practical stuff and I'll get out of here. Okay, so God is doing the work. What does it mean? It means we have to take the time. We have to take the time. There's more, there's more work that has to happen than any of us is willing to admit, than any one of us is willing to admit. There's more, we need more work. We need more, we need more time. So we, ha we have to take the time to pray. And as we take that time to pray, what is... The, the first view of prayer that we have to um, acclimate uh, for ourselves is this. Prayer is the time that we put aside for God to love us. That's what prayer is, first and foremost. The rest of the stuff is secondary. This is the time, I'm going to give the time in prayer for God to love me. 
And he loves me whole and entire. And if there are parts of me, like I was saying before, he loves every part. That's tough for us, I think. But he loves every part. He loves me whole and entire. And from that place of, of his loving me whole and entire, he's calling me into a relationship with himself. And from there, we just give him the reins. You know? We just give him the reins. He, we give him, we, we allow him to do with us in that relationship, in that time that we've, that we've dedicated to him, we allow him to do whatever he wants. And, whatever he, and, and that is where the, um, where the new wineskins starts to happen for us. Right? That's where it happens. But that's, a, that's already a place of, of safety and security. In the, like we've, we're, we're loved there. We know ourselves to be loved there. So we allow him to do whatever he wants. He, 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 he can dig into any memory that he wants there. For, for healing and strength and rest. He can, he can push into anything that's going on in our hearts and lives in order to show us that we are loved there and that he is making a way for us. Yeah, so this is, this is it. And then, of course, what's happening is our, our expectations, likewise, are, are being rewired. Yeah, but, it, but it's all on him. And Jesus, this is, and this is the, the quality of it all, is that Jesus has to be at the center and if Jesus is at the center, then we can be guaranteed that we have the, the new wineskins that he wants us to have. And prepared then not only to, to receive the great love that he has for us, but also to go and live the lives of great and costly love that he has called us to.